Look, guys, it's, it's, it's very cold out. You guys don't want to be waiting around. I mean, the cement will take hours to dry, sir. Listen, why don't you just shoot me instead? <laughs> or, hey, how about a, a quick jab in the ear with an ice pick? I mean, it was good enough for Trotsky. It's you brought up the past. You should be prepared to deal with its traditions. You don't have to do this. A, a guy like me, I'm not worth it. I mean, I'm nothing. I'm scum. I'm, you know, but maybe we can make a trade. With what? What could you have that could possibly interest a man like me? Duncan McLeod? Okie dokie schnokie. Nope. Okie dokie schmokey. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Highlander Rewatch, the podcast where each and every week we take a look back at another facet of the Highlander universe and discuss it in detail. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. And welcome to this week's episode, Season 3, Episode 11, Vendetta. But before we jump into this week's episode, we've got some cool reader mail to tackle. All right, this week, uh, our first email comes from listener Adam B., all the way from Australia. Uh, And he says, hey guys, Adam from Australia here, love the show, and whenever you have mentioned how consistent Duncan's flashback timeline is, it made me want to check it out. So, I went through the episodes, and with the info from the Watcher Chronicles, edited the flashbacks together chronologically. Nice. And was surprised at just how organized it is. Where do I come from? Uh, there uh, There are only really one or two that seem a bit out of order. Thought you might want to check it out. Uh, he gives us a link, which we'll probably share on our Facebook page. Uh, nice. But it's like a four, like it's like a four video playlist. It's like uh, two hours long, maybe longer. Wow. Of every single flashback put in order. So that's really cool. That that's is super cool. That he took on that. this project. Yeah, um, yeah this is really neat. Awesome job, Adam. Our next one comes from Helen of Troy R.S. His name's just Troy. Uh, something has struck me rewatching the series with you guys. Immortals can lose limbs, become addicted, still have to work out. It seems to me that being immortal in the Highlander universe doesn't have a lot of benefits that you can see that you see with immortality in other franchises. Excuse me, in other fandoms. Honestly, I'm okay with this as I feel it actually helps ground the series. And maybe that's part of why I loved it in the 90s as a teen and love it now in my 30s. Love what you guys do and look forward to the rest of the series with everyone. Yeah, that's an interesting point. It does help ground it. And it makes me think of what Ken Gord said in that interview about just like making as many of the other components of the show plausible and believable as possible so that it's like it's not as much of an ask when they ask you to buy into the fantastical parts. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, usually when you're an immortal, you're also like a vampire or something like that. And this is just the immortal part. I think right. it's good. And, until it isn't. And until you, you have psychic powers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're a psychic porn star. You know, we've recorded a couple episodes already today. I don't think we've made a single darkness joke. Mm. That's weird. Especially uh, when we're making those hung jokes on the other episode. It's true. Yeah, we probably should have done that. Hey, you know, back to basics, guys. There's always this episode. Yeah, That's we true. can make up for it. And we will. Amen. This comes from Miss Dot G. How comes... <laughs> <laughs> is there a voice that goes along with this? Nope, I just screwed up. <laughs> how, how many of these? <laughs> ah, how many? <laughs> you guys are great! <laughs> Go on. <laughs> how, 
Welcome Max Elevator has five buttons. The JoJo is one. His apartment is another. What is on the other three floors? <laughs> That's a pretty good question. Door open. Door, door open. closed. Door closed. Call the police. Call the fire department. Whoop, I don't, I don't think so. That's or, the, the, the police. Or, emergency, or emergency stop. You know, I'd have to look at a screen cap. Are there more than just the five buttons? I'm, I'm assuming there's five buttons vertically. Oh, I don't know. I'm accepting the premise that his elevator has exactly five buttons. I'm thinking it means there's five floors. Also, I think that's what it is on the outside, too. Maybe? Why but I'll say fi- this. Why would it have five buttons on the outside? Yeah, No, outside elevator. of the building. When you look at the outside of the building, I think right. it's five stories tall. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> five buttons on the outside <laughs> of the building. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my guess. So, first floor is the dojo. First floor is the dojo. Second floor, we've seen this, is the showers. Oh. Mac lives on... Mac lives on the fifth floor. At the top. Because we know he can go up to the roof. Yeah. There's a skylight that goes up or whatever. That and the, and there's sky- staircase. So when right? you take that top exit, you're going down five flights of external steps. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so like, that leaves us with what is on floors three and, and four. four. Max sex dungeon. <laughs> yes. Okay. That's going to be on four. Uh-huh. And his silver room, like <laughs> silver Connor McLeod has. Yeah. I don't know why I said McLeod like that. <laughs> is that it? That's solved? Do we think he has uh, tenants? No. Right, also, next, also, next exterior shot. We got to take a close look at this. Richie, Richie doesn't stay there, right? Also, does does Mac on the whole building? I mean, like, yeah, or just floors one and five? <laughs> that would be weird. That's not what I was implying. I was just going to say this building from the exterior shots looks very big, uh, but the freight elevator only goes to Mac's loft, that, which does do not look that? that giant. So, is there a secondary elevator? That breaks out into, let's say, condos. How do we know that Max ele- elevator only goes up to his loft? Well, because when he gets out of the elevator, it's into his loft. Like, there's not a hallway he goes down and opens the door to his loft. But it could stop at other floors. No, it can't. I'm not saying it doesn't stop oh, okay. at other floors. I'm saying the size of Max loft is not as big as the building, which I is see. fucking huge. Yeah, okay, I understand now. Mm. Mm. So maybe when you enter the door, maybe there's another... There's another elevator, like not a freight elevator, and that goes up to condos. Maybe this is how Mac. Maybe, maybe Mac's just a building manager at this point. Yeah, that's he's a super Mac, yeah. the super. Yeah, maybe. weird, weird indeed. <laughs> super weird. Good question, Miss G. Yes, thank you. So now it's time to jump into this week's episode, episode three. Nope, I always say that episode eleven, season three. Vendetta. That's right, guys. What's the V for? <laughs> I don't know. Is it for Vendetta? Verjoin Join. What? <laughs> Verjoin Join? Is yep. V for Verjoin Join. This episode, Vendetta, first aired Monday, January 30th, 1995. So if I don't know if anyone remembers, our last episode was like back in November. Yeah. So they took off from like Thanksgiving through Christmas. Wow. Christmas break. Must be nice. <laughs> the director of this episode was George Mendeluck. Uh, he's a new director for the show, and this is his first and only episode. He's German. He directed Meatballs 3 <laughs> <laughs> in 1986. Also, if you're not familiar with the Meatballs franchise, the IMDb description of Meatballs 3, <laughs> the gratuitous sex comedy from the 80s, mm. is the ghost of a dead porn star comes to Earth. What? 
comes to Earth. She's like, <laughs> we're from where? I guess space. heaven. I guess space she's a heaven. space porn star. This is what it says: the ghost of a dead porn star comes to Earth to help a nerd with his sex life. That's my. Oh, uh, a dead porn star. Yeah, so I guess she is an angel. Okay, an wow. angel or a devil because she's a porn star. I don't know where she do has they to go? be a what's devil. Not, what's not sex shame these people? Exactly. Sex positive, Keith. I don't know. I just called you Keith. He also directed Nightman. I have that. He did three episodes of Nightman, which Johnny. we've talked about just recently. Johnny Domino. Johnny Domino. Malibu Comics, right? Hercules, The Legendary Journey. Mm-hmm. And seven episodes of Highlander, The Raven. Yes, and Queen wow. of Swords. A lot of Raven. Yeah. Like, what percentage that's like, of The Raven that's like is it? That's a third of, of The Raven. Raven. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot. That's a, that is a whole lot. Mendelik's hands are all over The Raven. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth Grayson is not happy. Mendelik's no, hands. Who's not? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this episode was written by Alan Swayze. Relative of. (laughs) Perhaps. I was waiting for who was going to say it, (laughs) because one of us was going to. (laughs) One of us was going to make a Roadhouse reference. That's right. All right, so he's a new writer, too. This is his first of four Highlander episodes. Uh, This person has a mostly exclusively written children's shows. I feel like we had another director that wrote children's shows as well. Yeah. Uh, So his credits are like Heathcliff. The, Flint- the Flintstones, Fraggle Rock, Care Bears, Dino Rider, Pete and Pete, Dino. Reboot, Ninja Turtles. I'm reading all of his IMDb, by the way. Uh, Ninja Turtles, Rescue Heroes, and the only ones that aren't like straight up kid shows are Highlander, Flash Gordon, which is like kind of a like you know I think it was the reboot, so it's like young adult show, mm-hmm. uh, and Earth Final Conflict. And his last credit was in 2001. Oh, A Space Odyssey. Yep. Isn't that weird? That is weird. Yeah. Why would you get a children's... I don't know. He, I wrote, watched most of these shows when I was a kid. Yeah? Especially Dino Riders. So you're familiar with the work of Alan Swayze. I am, which is weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is weird. He's a real connoisseur. Yeah. All right. So should we talk about the guest stars in this episode? Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, most notably, it's Tony Rosato as Benny Carbasa. Uh, Benny Kilbasa? Yep. Benny Kilbasa. <laughs> <laughs> Give a little mustard on him. Yeah. yeah. You gotta have some mustard I and they snap. Mm. Kielbasa is the shit. It's awesome. It is, and Benny's got a big kielbasa. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Darkness 40. There it is. Kielbasa. All right. There so, we go. sadly, Benny died. Oh. On January 10th of this year. Really? Yes. Oh, so, so this just, just happened. Mu- yeah. Just a few That's months ago. Kind of All fucked right, up. Kielbasa. Yep. Uh, I feel bad about the uh, poor review I'm going to give this episode. Oh, boy. Well, be kind to the dead, Eamon. Don't. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, you may know him. Uh, he was a cast member of SCTV, of course, uh, and SNL for just one season. We may know him mostly as the voice of fucking Luigi, Luigi? Yeah. on Super Mario Brothers 3? Like, the not the original. Cartoon. The cartoon of Super Mario yeah. Brothers 3. 3, right. So this is not People. the original Super Show with Captain Lou Albano. He was not the voice of that Luigi. The Subsequent that, sequels after that. Yeah, it's the one that begins, People thought King Koopa had left the Mushroom Kingdom. Then his doom ship attacked. <laughs> with the greatest in. evil ever known. <laughs> his Koopa kids. That's the one. Also, does anyone has anyone heard of Mama Luigi as a meme? No. I when I was Mama doing my Luigi? Re- yeah. So there's an episode Not of I'm a, Lu- I'm a Luigi. No, Mama Luigi. There's an episode of the Super Mario show where the Lou Albano one. No, well this one Mario yeah, three that he did a voice on. He reads Yoshi a bedtime story because Yoshi, Yoshi Yoshi's not in this one. No, that well was, he's in the subsequent. That's, uh, using, that's Super, Super Mario World. World. No, who's, Super he also does it in. Yo, Super right? Mario, Jesus. Super Mario. 
World. He that also one. is the voice Super in that. Mario World. He's also in that one. All right. It's a blast Shut from up. the past. <laughs> <laughs> he reads Yoshi a bedtime story. And Mario compliments him or whatever, and he's like, God, just call me Mama Luigi, like that he puts him to bed. It's very strange. But the recording of this, he goes, call me Mama Luigi. (laughs) 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 He hisses? I didn't quite do it right. He wheezes. It has this... (laughs) Kyle's going to spit beer all over my fucking couch. It has this insane wheeze in it <laughs> that for some reason they did not take out. <laughs> so then there's all these memes based on it. Uh, but then there's something I've never heard of this either. It's called a YTP, a YouTube poop video. And they are these strange music video things. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Sorry, finally swallowed that beer. Oh, anyway, there are all these weird YouTube videos where it's like, dialogue set to music and it's it's this strange youtube culture i kind of don't get it it makes me feel like i'm old i guess i am anyway there are literally hundreds of videos of mama luigi and then there are hundreds of videos of r.i.p tony rosado t.y.p community misses you it's insane the culture around call me mama luigi I need to look this up. It's nuts. This has to go on our Facebook just to like, I need to see it now. I spent like an hour looking at these videos and I was just like, <laughs> what is this? It's And then they like, then there's this whole culture of like replacing things with Mama Luigi. And so it'll be like, oh, this song where the word one is replaced with the entire episode of Mama Luigi. And it's a four hour fucking video. And it'll start off as a song. And then every time they say the word one, they play a 25 minute cartoon. <laughs> And then it goes back to the song, and they say the word one again. 25-minute cartoon. It's weird. Wow. Uh, So that's Tony Rosado, everybody. Rest (laughs) in Piper. Uh, So this episode also stars Ken... I I don't think I've recovered. Yeah. uh, (laughs) This episode also stars Ken Pogue as uh, Simon Lang, or Sid Lang. Uh, also dead, 2015. Damn. Yeah, real. This episode has a body count. <laughs> yeah, it does. And then this episode also stars uh, Tamara Gorski as Peggy McCall. Uh, she said bit parts in Kids in the Hall early in her career. Uh, and she was in a lot of uh, Hercules, and she played Morgan. There you go. Mm, kind of cool. Yeah, kind of cool. Kind of indeed. Um, yeah, this episode also kinda. stars Stella. kind of cool. Yeah, Stella Stevens as Margaret Lang, the older she Peggy Lang. She has 141 IMDb credits. And she used to be a real bombshell. She uh, has appeared in Playboy and a bunch of the other magazine? shows. The, the publication? magazine? The publication? Yeah. You may have known it for the, uh, the articles, but they also have pictures in it too i did not realize with her boobies mm. so back put in those like, up. <laughs> yeah put them, we'll put them on our facebook page there you go so that's the cast of this episode <laughs> half dead some <laughs> some centerfolds uh know if some, we, some live on as wheezing luigi's <laughs> <laughs> it'll live forever in our hearts yep as mama luigi mama luigi i've got that dvd set good what? for you all right imdb episode description time to save his own life immortal benny carbasa Promises to deliver Duncan to an aging gangster who wants to bury a secret that Duncan knows about. Meanwhile, there it is, Anne decides that she won't push Duncan to know more. Also, <laughs> boo already. Let's jump into this episode. We open on a boat. On this a was boat. our opening clip. Mr. Benny. Being yeah, a real like wiener. A real sniveling guy. Yeah, he's trying to sweet talk himself after... <laughs> Sweet out talk of, himself. <laughs> oh, hey, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, yeah, you looking good. 
hey self, let me holler at you for a minute. He reads himself a bedtime story. He's like, you up? And then wheezes. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's it. Just a two-word text to himself. <laughs> <laughs> you up. <laughs> he's getting and he's some... like, no, because Mama Luigi put me to bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's getting uh, some cement shoes. Right. Right off the bat. This guy's like super comic relief. This is probably the most cartoony character we've ever met on this show. Extremely yeah. cartoony. Yeah. He's like Tommy Sullivan cranked to 11. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Tommy Sullivan's way more endearing than this guy. Yeah. Though yeah. he ends up getting less murdered. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's so, true. You know, there's something to it. So this old mobster, Lang, who hates being called Sid, and yeah. this is not revealed toward like like later. I'm like, why does he not yeah. like being called Sid? I'm I'm confused. It was very confusing. Well, I think he's left his gangster life. Behind. Well, exactly, but we don't know any of that. Yeah. Until way later, and it's like, oh, we had a different thirty. Name. Yeah. Um. So. And he's coughing into a napkin while he's talking. Right. So something's off with this fellow. So Benny, in exchange for his life, decides to kind of make a deal. He's like, how about I give you McLeod? They're they're gonna give this guy cement shoes. Right. Yeah. And dump him in the river. And there's some funny dialogue around. Right. It. And he's obviously this. He doesn't, even though he's immortal, he doesn't want this to happen because I guess he'll be stuck at the bottom of the river for who knows how long. Yeah, yeah. And we don't know he's immortal at this point. Though right. no, we don't. Right. But I guess it's assumed once he says he knows Duncan McLeod. Also, he says like, why don't you just put an ice pick in my in ear? My ear. It, was, it was good enough yeah. for Trotsky, right? This guy Lang is like Duncan's long dead, and he's like, oh, it must be his grandson or whatever. He knows yeah. all about you. I'll give you him. And then like he's telling your story around town or yeah, something. yeah. It's very strange. It I've got a lot no of problems sense. with it makes how all this plays out. No Although, sense. I will say, like, this guy's now, like, a well-known philanthropist. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. So, we like, still don't know that at this point. Right. But maybe his angle is like, oh, you know, you're this famous philanthropist, but Duncan McLeod's, like, blowing your spot up or something. Right. I could see that, I guess. Well, I, I think I the whole know. crux of this episode is this guy's trying to, like, preserve his legacy. He doesn't want it tarnished. Yeah. So he's being blackmailed, more carryover from yeah. episode to episode. This guy's, like, blackmailing this guy who fronts his respectable businessman, philanthropist, <laughs> philangelist, uh, blackmailing him with the fact that he knows this guy used to be a gangster. Yeah. I guess right. is the crux of the entire thing and that duncan mcleod i guess also knows this secret and unlike danny kielbasa like mcleod's a stand-up benny, benny kielbasa <laughs> he is mcleod's a stand-up citizen who might actually be believed right right so we cut they they i guess decide to let let him go and like we'll see how this plays out because he says hey the worst that can happen is you buy a new bag of cement right right as so, like as they're dangling him over the side about to right. throw him in the river so we cut to the dojo mac is coming down the elevator and richie's in the office is all off camera talking to benny and he's right. like hey i don't know who you are come back later take a card benny's like i'm not here to like fight mac or anything i just want to talk Mac hears this and literally starts like tippy toeing yeah. <laughs> out of the dojo. So Benny comes over and it like reintroduces himself. He's like, "Hey, mate. like this guy is such like this guy is a used car sales. Like this yeah. guy is so schlocky and like yeah. ridiculous." I don't know whether it's part of this scene or part of that last scene. He describes himself as being, and I don't know what this means, and I was not able to Google it. A Schmengi guy? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I don't have that written down. I don't know what that means was, either. I just wrote, what the fuck does that mean? A Schmengi. I'm just a Schmengi guy. I don't know. Schmegma? Is that what I was just going to say, yeah, is this another darkness movie? The Schmengi? Schmengi? Yeah. The Schmegma guy. Oh my God. <laughs> what the fuck is this? Uh, the Schmegma guy is a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So that's, Benny that's Richie, Richie Benny. Yeah, that's actually Eamon's X Men character. Magma <laughs> guy. <laughs> And there's Hold some on. ace trombone music during this whole thing. I yeah. lo- all right, we gotta. D- I think we need to start off this episode. You guys don't like this episode? No. Not really. I kind of do. So I just want that to color our whole discussion of this. Well, this episode is very silly. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. And the music is basically the star of the show. It's all this like weird trombone uh-huh. music with like a plunger. So there's lots of like wah, yeah. wah, 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 lots of wah. cartoon sounds. Wah, yeah. wah. Yeah. I was just waiting for like merry melodies to play. <laughs> so Benny brings up like Al Capone. Richie's like totally into this. He's like, you knew Capone? Like they start talking and talking. Uh, Capone was jailed here in Philly. You can visit yeah. his uh, when everyone comes to our live show, mm-hmm. July sixteenth. <laughs> Make it a little vacation. Yeah, head on over to the uh, state penitentiary. You can visit his cell. Hmm. It's all done up. Yeah, yeah. How about that? Yep. And the tour is narrated by actor Steve Buscemi. That's right. Or as he introduces himself at the start of the tour, director and actor Steve Buscemi. I laughed the first time I listened to that audio tour. What did he direct? Who knows? Whatever movie oh, they he, filmed he directed, at uh, Eastern State Penitentiary. He directed a movie called Trees Lounge, which is about him like fucking an 18-year-old girl Ooh. and being an alcoholic. Ooh. I think she might even be 17. Ooh. Oh, boy. Check out Trees Lounge. Very good. Director Steve Buscemi. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> You're out of your element. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So they're about to leave. Benny, he's like, oh, I'll buy you guys lunch, like, which is, I guess, a big shocker to Mac. He's like, I got to see this. Right. Uh, so the camera pans around at who's standing right there. Dr. And Ann Lindsay. That Dr. Ann Lindsay. For goddamn reasons. She has come back to give Mac another chance. And now we get some, like, insane dialogue i think she's like oh i know this guy but also, he's afraid to open cha- up the music changes it's like this crazy trombone music and then all of a sudden like the sad music from the hulk comes yeah, yeah. <laughs> as soon as Anne appears it's like gong yeah. <laughs> so she says she really likes him but she thought he would be more open but she's decided not to like push it with him like he might be a mentally ill <laughs> like liar psychopath but i've decided that like maybe that's my issue <laughs> right yeah mm. this is like i this made me so angry i feel like i might have enjoyed this episode if not for moments like this bullshit oh just this is really weird i feel like ann just wants that d oh boy well she's about to for get Duncan. it because they start making out hard yep and then i think they what they what keith they, yeah, get, they do it do what do what in the office what <laughs> stop it they stop it in the office they stop, they, they stop making out in the office yeah, they do eventually eventually <laughs> they had to because eventually both of them are seen elsewhere that's true. <laughs> Good true. point. You're yeah. welcome. Excellent. Well done. Rewatchers, it's time to see Highlander Rewatch live. That's right. We are part of the Philadelphia Podcast Festival Sunday, July 16th at Tattooed Moms on Historic South Street in Philadelphia at 7 p.m. What's going to be happening at our live show, Kyle? Some bodacious podcasting. We're doing uh, an amazing live game show. We'll be participating. The viewers will be participating. There will be prizes. There will be beer. There will be pierogies. There will be blood. (laughs) And there will be blood. I'm an oil man. (laughs) See, look, I have a straw. Here it is. No milkshakes. There won't be any milkshakes. If you can't you come, drink them. Yeah, if you want a milkshake, I will drink it. That's I will right. drink it up. Yeah, <laughs> That's why there won't be any. <laughs> anyway, uh, last year's live show was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, we had a good crowd. It was a blast. A, we had a good cake. 
Oh, yeah, we had that, that was one year cake. anniversary Dunkin' Cake, which was very awkward to get made at the supermarket. <laughs> it was pictures of us and a sexy Dunkin' and tigers and lightning and all sorts of weird And Guy Fieri. And Guy Fieri. Very good. Uh, so we hope uh, you'll make the trip to Philadelphia. Philadelphia is a great town. Make a little weekend of it. Visit the Eastern State Penitentiary. Yeah, and visit uh, where mobster Al Capone stayed. Yeah. Stayed. He had a little <laughs> stay. Yeah. An extended stay. He forcibly stayed there. Yeah, yeah. that's right. All right. See you there. <laughs> We cut to Joe's. This is Joe's. Where- Fucking Joe's again. Can they never go? I mean, I guess it's for convenience. Yeah, they got to sit there, so they oh got to use God. it. God, Joe's again. It is a lot. Benny's drinking milk. He has two glasses. Two glasses, two glasses of, milk. of milk. Also, did you... Double notice, fisting that milk. Did anyone notice the new set piece that I've never noticed in Joe's? The big piece of machinery that's in the back? No. What? Oh, right behind their table is what looks like a very old like industrial scale. Like wow. something that... like. I guess maybe the implication is like, well, this place used to maybe be like a meatpacking facility or something. What? Like, this looks like a scale that you would weigh 1,500 pounds on or more. Maybe that's how it's Joe huge. weighs himself. It's crazy. It's cool. I don't I, know how they got him down the stairs. I miss that entirely. Because the entrance is on the floor. The- <laughs> 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 You're so full of shit. <laughs> that's how Mac measures his big dick. <laughs> In weight. He's, he's a weight-based system. He plops it down. Oh, gross. <laughs> he's like... When he sex people, he just sends the, he just sends it in grams. <laughs> we are into the beers and late in the day, guys. Uh, it's like the Ken Gord movie. <laughs> late in the show Based and into on the, the Ernest beers. Hemingway short story. <laughs> late in the show and into the beers. Yeah. <laughs> Did anyone notice what Mac is doing here? Uh, like shelling w- peanuts or something? What shit? was he doing? No, he, I couldn't figure he it out. He has I could only Is he making I mean, like a toothpick? Like village or that's, something? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't say village, but some sort of toothpick sculpture is. <laughs> like, de- I have a pretty big TV. Cool, I, good for you. <laughs> this, is, this is just Eamon bragging. <laughs> I have a pretty big TV, and I'm pretty hung downstairs. Like I have yeah. large pictures hung downstairs good. in the first floor of your home. That's right. Uh, bragging again. That's right. <laughs> I couldn't tell what these were. Like. I tried I, to, like, zoom in on it. And he is doing it, like, the whole scene. And yeah. I can't tell if he's being funny. Is Adrian Paul uninterested in this episode? <laughs> so it's like, bah, just There's count me Duncan's out for this scene. supposed to be uninterested in all of Kilbasa's, like, gangster story. I mean, that's, yeah. I think, definitely part of it. Let me tell right. you about Dillinger. Because also, like, he You was... got Dillinger killed? Yeah, right. You got... Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> we, we are in a mode. Yes, we are. So, all anyway... Beast mode. So Benny won't pay for, can't pay for. Well, lunch. Benny goes to like make a f- pretend phone call, and then like Richie leaves. I thought the phone call was real. I thought it was just a ruse. I thought the phone call was maybe telling Sid oh, to send the guy that it's like, yeah, There's no, not to send the baseball guys. guys. No, he's calling because the baseball guys attacked Benny. I'm saying he's calling Sid. I thought the baseball guys are fake. They're fake They're to fake. like get Duncan on to, board. Like, get on board with walking Benny to the poker game so he doesn't get his ass beat. Yep. I'm on board with that. It's part of the scheme. I didn't think that. I thought they were an unrelated thing. But no, maybe you're... Oh, that makes sense why he would call like that. Yeah, and then also, what's his plan? Like, I'm going to let you go bring Mac, but then also just separately beat the shit out of you so badly you might not be able to bring him? Or did you no, think- that's why I thought it was a different gang. Like, he was... He's just in trouble with everybody. Everybody, yeah. I thought that at first, too. I don't know. That makes more sense. This what? episode is even better than I thought. <laughs> 
even better. All right, so... Ken Gord! <laughs> Benny goes outside. He gets his hat. He's about to encounter these goons. Then it cuts back inside. Yeah. And, like, Mac is just sitting there at the bar. <laughs> he gets up. He, like, seems like he's maybe spilled some salt on himself. And then it cuts back outside. I'm like, what also, at is some point, this? Richie, it's clear that Benny is, bailed, is bailing on the check. And Richie, because he's like, oh, I got to go. Let me know if he stiffs you with the bill. Right. Yeah. Doesn't offer to pay. No. So outside, these two goons, one's got a crazy blonde ponytail. The one guy yells, get over here, and slams Benny into a van. And then, like, shoots a spear out of his hand. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah. Uppercuts him real good. There's so much blood. Then rips his head off. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually a skull underneath and lights him on fire with the flames of the nether realm. Quite a departure. Yeah, it's quite an episode. Mac comes out and karate ensues. Yeah, he bat maxes these guys. He does. He bat. Despite the fact that they have a bat. Yeah, he bat. Oh, he yeah. bat bats. Bat <laughs> yeah. bat max them. Yeah. I did think this was funny. Benny, while this whole thing's going on, Benny yells, Look out, he's got a bat. Yeah. I thought that was really that was funny. funny. <laughs> As he takes like a big swing and smashes out a car windshield. Yeah, and so when Matt gets the bat from the other guy, like, well, he bonks the guy on the head, and then he fights the other dude. He like knocks this guy's jaw fucking clean off yeah. <laughs> with that bat. Yeah. <laughs> He's in the alley with the baseball bat. I thought Benny was funny in this whole episode, personally. Uh, he's then making all sorts of excuses. He's like, oh, sorry, Mac, I didn't get in the fight. He's like, uh, the guy hit my shoulder into the van, and I had to, like, cover the bat thing. I thought yeah. it was funny. <laughs> Jesus. Also, how is Benny not dead? Uh, very good That's question. all I can yeah. think. It's like, this guy, how has this guy lasted five minutes in this game? I think he just runs, probably, all the time. Probably. Yeah. yeah. So we cut back to the loft. Benny says he owes a ton of money, but he's got this poker game he wants to go to. He thinks he can make a bunch of it. He wants Max help there, and he wants Mac to walk him there, a <laughs> little escort. Yeah. Also, then Benny is, like, picking up this, like, rock that Max has yeah. on the kafefe co- table. On the kafefe table. <laughs> <laughs> What does he say? Like, looks at Mac, and Mac says something rocks. Benny's like, what's with the rocks? And Mac is like, I like rocks. <laughs> then, oh, is that what he says? Yeah, and then Benny's just like, try art. This it's very weird. strange. This, yeah. there, so much of this episode feels completely improvised. Like, yeah, there was, absolutely. There was a rock on this table, a set dressing from Steve Gagan. This guy, Benny, was just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's just a rock. rock. <laughs> and it's not even an interesting rock. It is a large, smooth rock. Nothing discernible about this rock. Other than that it's smooth? I yeah. guess. That's discernible. You Not that discernible. You discerned it. I guess so. <laughs> discerned. Yeah, it's, it does feel very improvised. And there's lots of happy trombone music again. Awesome. All right. Happy boner music. <laughs> so we cut to the docks. Instead of there being a poker game at the docks. He just takes Mac to get ambushed by these fucking goons. And, and Benny's the one who ambushes him. <laughs> yeah. He's the ambusher. He knocks Mac out. Yeah, this is fucking shitty. They, like, handcuff Mac and throw him off a boat into the water. Wordlessly. Yeah. They never confirm anything that Benny told them about Uh what he knew. And as we will come to learn when the story, like, as we get the flashbacks (laughs) of, like, what this underlying controversy is about, the entire premise of his story is completely absurd. Yes, it is. It's, like, implausible on its face. Yep. And they never inquire before (laughs) ostensibly murdering a stand-up citizen. So they dump him over. Benny and Sid are now square, presumably. He's like, all right, we're square now. I'm like, really? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) For why? Kill him, too. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So then... They cut to the next morning, and Benny's down by the river screaming for Mac. McLeod! McLeod! Uh, Mac blubs up. (laughs) He blubs up from the water, and he looks pissed. The expression on Asian's Paul 
What? Asian, Asian Paul, did you say? <laughs> <laughs> the expression on Asian Paul's face <laughs> as he emerges from the murky depths, for much light. like the lady of the lake, yes. I'm emerging for you, Blaine. Uh, it's like very comical. Adrian Paul's really like playing it up. Yeah. And he's like, Bernie! Right. Like, if this was a cartoon, Adrian Paul would have a red face. Yeah. And, like, he would be marching up the beach and have steam coming out of right. his ears and right. stuff. Then he yeah. would do, like, a windmill bonk on right. Benny's head. Uh, how does Benny have keys for these handcuffs? Or are they his handcuffs? I guess they could be his handcuffs. Is it easy to get handcuff keys? I feel like it is. I don't know. In movies, they're always like, just get a key for the... Cu-. I don't know. Like, don't are they know. all that unique? I have no idea. I have no idea. Hmm. Weird. <laughs> Any cops out there, let us know. <laughs> so Benny informs Mac. He's like, did you recognize that guy? That's Sid Lankowski. Yeah. yeah. And Mac's like, huh? So we get a flashback to Seacouver 1938 at the Coconut Lounge. To finally see the star of this episode, the trombone player. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It zooms in through at Mac's eye and zooms out of the trombone. It's a good transition. The, tr- the trombone. So I checked out this Coconut Lounge place. So... This is a real place. Ooh. Well, it's not actually called Coconut Lounge, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a tiki bar in Vancouver. Nice. Uh, like attached to, I forget what hotel, like the Marriott or something. Mm. It looks pretty much like it does in the show. But also, I think the loading dock of this tiki lounge is the exterior of Joe's. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they've only ever used the exterior of this place before. And now Somebody they pointed out, I think, on YouTube that... Um, the diner that they leave from uh, Run for Your Life when segregation yeah. is ended is also the exterior of Joe's bar. So they use this site a so, lot. Somebody had a bunch of parking lot fanfic in yeah. like reader mail. Yeah. They are like Sweet. at a parking lot there. Mm-hmm. Sure. So maybe Joe's does have a parking lot. Mm. The whole thing's coming together, guys. Yeah. It's, it's all, all really together. happening. All right. So Benny comes into this club. He's looking sharp. He's snazzy. Stumbles uh, down the steps. Trips down the stairs, right? After looking all cool, he's like that tripping was, around. That was a pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, we get the buzz. Max there in a booth. Uh, so Benny goes over there. Max says he's passing through, not looking for a fight or anything. Mac is got his thin mustache look going. He looks greasy. Yeah, yeah. he does. He also, looks sleazy and not at all good. He looks like um, <laughs> Timothy Dalton in the Rocketeer. Rocketeer? Rocketeer. Yeah. yeah. Also, he's a Nazi. (laughs) He's a Nazi, yeah. (laughs) Like in the Rocketeer. Uh, I have a timeline note here. I don't know what Mac meant by saying he was just passing through and like where Mac has been in this point, but I I checked back on an old episode. Mac was in Seacouver in Sino Evil, and that was in 1925. Hmm. So I guess he left? Maybe he passes through a lot. Maybe he just is always passing through? Yeah. I don't know. That's what Mac considers his living there right now. Oh, I'm just passing through. Just passing through my home. But anyway, they get to chatting. Benny is already a huckster. And yeah. is like... Invites make... him to his first poker game. Right. Yeah. And is like trying to order drinks, but he's already out of credit. But Mac is taken by the showgirl. Peggy. That's right. And she's she... singing Night and Day. She's a swell looker. Which you is a pretty, the one. pretty raunchy song, all things considered. They make love all night in that... And all day. And all day. It's sort of like, fuck you 24-7. That's right. So Max eyeing her up, and then we get this, like, love triangle set up. So her boyfriend is Joey Sankowski. Brother to Sid. Brother to Sid. Joey is, like, macking it with, like, the cigarette girl. Yeah. And Joey is, like, cooking the books in the corner looking angry at Joey. So everybody's, like, in love with Peggy. Why is Sid cooking the books, like, in public in the middle of the club? Don't know. Is he cooking the books, or is he just doing the accounting? He's No, he, was, he has well, two Benny books. Well, Benny says he's cooking the books. Yeah, they say he's cooking the books. He has two books. Mm-hmm. Also, this is... 
isn't this post prohibition at this yeah. point? And so I don't know what he's. I mean, I guess just for tax evasion. I guess, but I feel like money laundering. There are lots of reasons. I guess there's a bunch of reasons books. to cook the books. Maybe he just wants to defraud investors. <laughs> he's got a lot of investors in the tiki bar. Yeah, gotta defraud them. Then he's like, now they're completely legal whiskey runners. But I'm like, they're not completely legal <laughs> right. because he's cooking the books. Yeah. Well, I guess he just means that the it's facially legitimate. Right. At this point. Darkness 39 facially. <laughs> <laughs> so Peggy asks Mac to dance after she's done singing. It's uh, a whole plan to make him jealous. Peggy right. is kind of astonishingly beautiful. She's a very pretty lady with a and, pretty swell voice. And Mac is quite taken with her. So they start dancing. Benny's back at the table ordering all the highballs, which actually yeah. made me laugh out loud. Like, first he starts drinking Mac's drink. And then he just, like, they cut back to him, and the, the table is covered yeah. in drinks, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> that is kind of funny. Also, Benny's ties throughout this entire episode are out of yeah, they control. Are. <laughs> they are just completely insane. They're a clearance rack at Ross level <laughs> <laughs> of, of, like, nonsense. Just for less. Uh, so we get a whole dance number, a little padding here, but I guess it's cool that they're dancing. I it's a nice little period. Yeah. Piece. It's not as long and aggressive as that. <laughs> and fucking oh, obsession. Yeah. Mac figures out that she's just using him as bait to attract Joey's attention. Yeah, it's like you're being jealous, he's being jealous. We'll be jealous together, but Mac's having a good time. Yeah, because Joey's about to start like some shit. Things get diffused, everything's cool. Yeah, well, Sid, Sid notices they're dancing and alerts Joey. Right. And then Joey comes over and has an ADR conversation <laughs> with Mac. I like when Matt gets back to the table with Benny. He's like, where all the drinks come from? Yeah. That was good. All right, so we cut back to the present in the loft. Matt's getting dressed up. I thought this transition was really cool. This show's been messing around with, like, transitions a little differently. Like, it usually does, like, the dissolve thing where it, like, goes into something and out of something else or, like, crossfades with something. I really like these cut transitions. I think they work really well when the special effects aren't too hot. We saw it in the, was it the last episode? Oh, it was in uh, Cross of St. Antoine. Like, the teacher dropped the book on the ground. Oh, yeah. It cuts to the book hitting the ground, but it's actually Joe picking it up. And they do the same thing here. Like, mm -hmm. Sid pulls out his... And, yeah. they and they don't require effects. They don't require right. effects, which is why they look, like, essentially seamless. So in this one, Joey pulls out his watch to look at. They cut to a close-up of the watch. And then when they do the wide shot, it's actually Duncan's been the one looking at the yep. watch. So it, like, works seamlessly. Uh, yeah, those are better yeah. for the most part. Like, some of the kind of dissolve ones... If they're if they nail it, it's awesome. Then it's awesome. But yeah, this a lot of times if they're if it's anything less than great, these cuts are better. Yeah, absolutely. So Max getting dressed. Richie's like, you got to come down. Benny's really upset. He's crying and everything, which I think is pretty good. Yeah, he killed. He probably has an onion in his pocket. Yeah, yeah. He I killed me, <laughs> which he did kill you. He killed yeah, him. yeah. Max' patience for this guy is unwarranted. Yeah. yeah. And so Richie's like, also like really gunning for Mac to forgive Benny. For some reason. Well, Richie's really, like, smitten with him. Like, he thinks all this, like, gangster shit is cool. Yeah. Uh, so down in the dojo, Benny's there asking for forgiveness. And he also explains that Max should not be very worried about this guy Lang. Because Lang's got three months to live because he's got cancer. And Max's probably not going to run into him again. So don't worry. Like, it's not like you have to hide out or leave town or anything. Yeah. Yeah, just be cool. Benny calls Mac a hot stud. And he's like, oh, you sexy, long-haired immortal. Kiss, kiss, kiss. <laughs> I have a note here that just says more Benny. I'm all about it. <laughs> God damn it, guys. Well, you're going to get more Benny. That's true. Benny Hanna? Yep. Benny Did Hanna. you actually just want some hibachi? I just want some shrimp thrown in my mouth, please. Yeah. Okay, guys. So we cut to like a 
fundraiser slash dedication. I'm never not sure what this is. Is it a fundraiser? Is it a dedication? I don't know. Can't it's do both. It. It's I a guess. fundraising dedication. They're dedicated to fundraising. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay, so this guy, Sid Lang, uh, is walking with an older woman named, we find out, Margaret. And it turns out that Sid has donated a whole hospital wing. And mm-hmm. there's like a model of it. And he's got to give a speech. Like, she's like, don't make your speech longer than an hour. It's like, holy oh smokes. Uh, so this guy's got quite a lot of money to yeah. be donating hospital wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but then and, and another older gentleman comes up, and he's a fan. And he's like, are you Peggy McCall? And she's like, I used to be. And he saw her in 1939. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> I guess this is supposed to be our hint that she's the same woman. Exactly. Um, I guess. I don't know why that's a trick. Well, I guess they both changed their name. That's the idea. I guess when they both went legit, like she, I don't, I don't understand. No, Mag, well, Peggy is short for Margaret. Oh, oh, right. Which is something I did not know until fairly recently, and somebody was very mean to me when I revealed I did not know this. Really? Yeah. Someone was like, "How the fuck did you not know that?" And I was like, "Whoa, that was inappropriate." It's funny you say that because I just forgot that, but I first heard that like very recently too. Yeah, uh, and I never knew it. Then we pan over, and Mac and Anne are at this gala as well. I got some questions, because Anne's like, oh, well, we can leave, like, soon, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Maybe we'll just stick around for another glass of champagne and one more speech. And I was like, one more speech? Like, how is this event structured? It's just, like, (laughs) staggered speeches throughout the day. Like, is is this Bonnaroo? Like, there's a schedule of events? You gotta walk from stage to stage during different speeches. Like, what? Get some champagne along the way. This is a dinner... People make speeches, they give an award or something, and the night is over. This is crazy. Then Max says he doesn't mind staying because there's dancing, champagne, all this sort of stuff, blah, blah, blah. Peggy sees him. Yeah. And he's like, uh-oh. And then Sid sees him. He's like, you! And then that's like the end of the scene. Yeah. All right, lots of questions. How did Mac not know <laughs> this was this guy Sid's shit? He it's a hospital it. wing. You don't think there's a sign that says, like, giant grand opening of hospital wing from fucking Sid? Yeah. Well, his name was changed. But he knows his name's Sid now. Doesn't he know his last name, too? I don't, I don't know. know. No? He has no idea. Or maybe he just didn't no, notice. His old name is Sid. His new name is something else. Simon Wendowski? So, yeah. Mac, or his name Benny is si- never informed now- Mac of all this stuff. I guess not. I don't know. I mean, Benny's not exactly forthcoming with this <laughs> That's stuff. That's true. I think he did mention his new name. Oh, I think uh, he says, like, you didn't recognize so-and-so. Yeah. I think he says the old name. I don't think he says the new name. Gotcha. Mm. So I guess that's why Mac doesn't know. Yeah, I guess. Guy, what are the chances? Old man freaks out. Yes, well, he does. Also, like, that's like a show-stopping thing. Like, I might play it cool and not be show-shocked. Wouldn't yeah. there be follow-up questions from people standing around him? Like, yeah, a lot. <laughs> like, what the fuck? And you guys all left early? Like, you left early? Yeah. Oh, this was a socially inappropriate Another breakup moment for Anne. <laughs> uh, one of, like, five in this episode. The first one when how hard Benny rubbernecks when she walks in. Get your <laughs> gross friends away from me, Mac. <laughs> All right, so we cut to Lang's mansion. He's just poking at the fire. Yeah, and Sid's like, ah, son of a bitch, still alive. You gotta get him. So he tells his goons to go find Mac and find Benny and kill them both. Uh, then we cut to the loft. Anna and Mac are in bed. Naaman, what just happened? They've hooked. Oh. Yeah, for some reason. I don't know why she's... Yeah, after the night was ostensibly ruined, they then go... Because of Mac. <laughs> yeah. 
which he does not reveal his connection. Oh, I don't know. He must have thought I was someone else. I'm definitely not lying to you again right now. Like I've always been lying to you. She's well, so she so asked. She's like, rope. "What did you do to piss off the biggest biggest philanthropist in the entire city?" Like he this guy. Tell her. He's like, she's pushing. It's like this is insane. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. This uh, this relationship is like really cutesy. upsetting. And he's like, "You're still pushing." Well, one I, of these days, oh. I'm gonna punch you in the face <laughs> to the moon. Pow! Straight in the. Kiss. So she asked about scars. Yeah. How come you don't have any scars? Simba's uncle? Yeah. And then they kind of get ready for round two with Bone Zone. Yeah. So none of this is a turn off to Anne. Maybe she likes the mystery. I think she does. She, I think she, she likes, likes liars. The mystery and she likes Duncan's penis. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, all right. All right. So now we get a flashback to the Coco Lounge. And it's later that same night from yeah. when Peggy was performing before. Max trying to get on with his evening. Yeah, and Benny's like, I'm going to get a car. We're going to go to some poker game, blah, blah, blah. And then Sid comes over to Mac, and he's like, hey, Peggy wants to like meet up with you later. Come back after the show, and you'll meet up with her. And Mac's like, all right, down to business. <laughs> then we cut inside the club, and Joey is getting real handsy with Peggy. And also, like, the way Joey speaks is, <laughs> it's really weird. He, like, it sounds like he's struggling to say every word. Yep. It also seems all ADR'd. I don't like it. So he's explaining why he was all flirty. He's like, I gotta keep up appearances. It's like, this as guy's, a douchebag. He's yeah. a shithead. Yeah, it's like, I've got a real reputation as a real <laughs> heel that I gotta keep going. A Lothario. <laughs> so Sid comes in, interrupts their smooching. Yeah. He's like, that McLeod guy out there right uh he's like you got business to attend to and so he tells joey he's like he said he's here to meet peggy so they both go out to have like words but turns out it's a little double cross from sid and so sid shoots both of them when they're sitting at a table and then claims that they shot each other right and then peggy's all a mess because her boyfriend's dead and he immediately wastes no time just like just move in with me yeah he's like i'll take care of you baby it's like uh you fuck (laughs) I don't Sid. like Peggy's acting in this scene. Really? I think it's bad. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, no. Also, there's like a weird, like, past filter. Everything's very orange. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's they... not quite sepia. <laughs> it's like aged. Aged. Yeah. It's just orange. Right. It's just got some orange Kool-Aid on it. A little, sun, a little uh, Sunny D. Yeah. So then we get another one of these, Ooh, like, that's what Anne wants. Sunny uh, D. The sunny sunny. D. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get another one of these cross cuts. A rose, I guess, falls on the ground. Now and then we cut to roses in bloom. A light hits, hits the, the gloom, gloom on the gray. But baby, <laughs> <laughs> you don't like kiss from a rose. I was just yeah, I do like kiss from a rose. Little seal. Batman Forever theme. That's right. How did you know when it snows? Is that what the word is? I think so. But baby, very good. All right, so. In the dojo the next morning, Max pinning a rose to Anne's jacket. And Anne says it's been good. Like, she's been good about not pushing. So she's like, I think I deserve a little something. So the question she asks is, where did you come from? Which is like, that's the question. Where did I come from? It's like, you can hear the way he speaks. So, like, pretty good clue. Yeah. Also, his name's McLeod. Yeah. Uh, she should have probably asked for something a little better than that. So yeah. Mac just says, like, "How about you answer that question from before? Why is this guy fucking screaming at you?" Yeah, <laughs> you. <laughs> so Mac just says, "My family is Scottish," and it's like, <laughs> "Oh my god!" Well, I think he has, he's like, "Well, you could say my family's Scottish." Yeah, you so could could I, you? I mean, like, is this Mac's like weird sense of honor that he doesn't want to lie? 
I guess. But he, he just lies says constantly. But he says nothing. He's always lying. Why can't he just make up a lie? Like yeah. this is at the end of the like at the end of the day, if he does not want to tell Anne about the game, I guess okay. It might keep her safer. Who knows? But like. Just make up some bullshit about oh my parents they live back there or they're dead. Like, Shouldn't he have? Who a cares? Story it doesn't prepared. matter. Yeah, like I don't know. For me, this doesn't matter. If Mac lied to Anne about this, I wouldn't be like, oh Mac, you son of a bitch, don't lie to her. Like it's like who it's cares? A, like mystical being. Yeah, like I don't know. He Lie. Needs to have a commode speech a la Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, he's just lying twenty four seven all the time anyway. And At that least by he concealment. Takes and, like lots of naps. He lies like a rug. Yeah. So in the dojo office, Benny is there wearing a big red suit. And Benny's like, oh, man, Mac, like, I had no idea it was Sid's party. Like, Mac's mad at him. It's like, why would Benny know? Like, what, the party you were going to? Yes. Yeah. Like, so I don't know why Mac would be mad at Benny about all this. Uh, Benny's trying to fix it. Mac is like, stay out of my business. Uh, did on. we skip something? Yep. Uh, big thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, huge honking <laughs> Sorry. thing. All right. So... They're leaving Mac, the dojo. Let's set some up. So Mac and Ann are going to leave the dojo after he refuses to answer yeah. a stupid question. And a goon with a gun comes in, points it right at him. Mac shoves Ann to the floor. Yeah. Like karate kicks the gun as it's going off. And it like barely misses both of them. Yep. Yeah. And then Mac does a real sweet kick like right to this guy's Ooh, throat. This is the second bad episode with a really sweet kick. Yeah. It's a good kick. It's right a the throat. real good uh, kick. <laughs> so, this is a good kick. <laughs> <laughs> hubba hubba. Show me that kick, baby. This is a real good kick. I got a raging kick thinking about it. This is a good kick. All right. So knocks the guy down. He runs away all scared. Then Mac checks on Anne. She's okay. But she's like, I'm trying really hard not to push. Huh? <laughs> this is crazy. Why is this guy shooting at you? Somebody Why just tried to assassinate you. Get Leave. my brains blown out. Leave. <laughs> Leave. This is so upsetting. Yes. Yep. You're so much better than this, Anne. You're so much better. And before he shoots at them, he says, are you Duncan McLeod? So yep. there's no confusion. Yeah, this is not a robbery. Yeah. Anything gone haywire. This is nuts. nuts. Are you Carlos Danger? Uh <laughs> <laughs> does not ask that is Anne mentally damaged is there like we, we keep saying Anne is too good for this which it seemingly she's she a is. stockholm syndrome or something. Yeah. Like, yeah that something is really fucked with Anne, and she's like sticking with mac yep how do you explain this why would you ever be with mac i don't know he hasn't treated you well you came back to him and the very first thing that happened is he's, that he you lies to you and at. somebody tries to assassinate him in yeah. front of you and he won't explain it how much in danger was tess in the first season is has Anne been put in even more dangerous well, in situations? the first episode no. tess almost had her face oh that's right scrunched off by slam scrunched off yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's my scrunching device <laughs> <laughs> she was kidnapped by mountain men Right. Yeah, she's getting kidnapped all the time. She well, yeah. she was kidnapped in the darkness. She was kidnapped in the darkness. There's, three, there's that's like three kidnappings. She was shot by a robber and died. Right. That's the <laughs> thing. Yeah. Bandan building A, but that had nothing to do with she's, Mac at all. That's yeah, true. But yeah. she's a hostage in that. Oh, the serial killer in See No Evil. That's right. He goes after he her. He was going to cut her head off or <laughs> scalp off or whatever. Yep. Yeah. And I think there's still more. There is more. Wow. She so was, what's what's Anne been exposed to? Well, she was almost run over. Right? Kenny almost ran her over. Yep. Uh, she... She was mixed up with the whole obsession plot. Yeah. She was just shot at. That's enough right there. Yeah, that's a that's, lot. That's she plenty. Had, she had to talk him out of get Mac out of getting arrested when he was flailing his sword around in public. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's lucky he didn't come at her with the sword. 
Yeah. Like he did with Richie. Mac's friend Cullen, she had to treat a bunch of people that he kind of murdered. murdered. Yeah. 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 Man, it's rough. Mac just has an orbit of death. <laughs> yeah. He's like a black hole that sucks people in and crushes them into nothingness. All right. So Mac heads on over to the Lang's place. He sees Peggy there and he's like, I need to talk to your husband. And she's like, is it you? Right. She like recognizes him. As yeah. He's like, oh, I'm his grandson. So then we cut to the dojo. Richie is training. Mm-hmm. Uh, and has anyone noticed in the past few episodes, like there is like nobody in this gym ever. I think, yeah. no. I think they have cut. Like, I think they've decided to just cut the extras for that. I don't know. Seems like it. Yeah. Dojo's losing money. Uh oh. Come on, Richie. Ruh-roh. Richie's um, doing a bad job managing. Yeah. yeah he's doing pull ups while Benny just keeps trying to talk his gangster shit. And yeah. Richie's like, it's lost his lutz. It lost its luster. Yeah. He's like, he like literally tells Benny to like shut up. Like he's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. enough. <laughs> and get a job. Right. Benny's talking about Alvin and Alvin the Carpus, creepy Carpus, whatever. I looked him up. He's a real gangster from Canada. Oh, really? Yeah. A Montreal based ca- gangster. Huh. He was called creepy because he had an extremely sinister smile. Definitely Ooh. true. <laughs> wow. Anyway, Benny Sticks has worn thin, tells him to get a job. He leaves, and then Benny gets punched. Yeah, let's talk about this. This, what? This where did this P- person come the POV from? POV punch. POV punch, and where did this person come from? And he from? just, like, throws himself on the ground. It's yeah. amazing. So what? the only place this guy could have come in was the side door? That yep. we've just discovered there's that alley there that we didn't know was there But, like, there how did this guy sneak around, like... Richie was just there. How uh, did they not hear him come in? Come in, yeah. Like this happens. He could have came in earlier and was hiding. Hiding in the, in the office. office. Yeah, that's even crazy. You know how many hours he would have been there? This He's is nuts. Dedicated. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe he was in the punching bag. <laughs> yeah, that's he, what he was. He he comes out. Ha! That's probably it. Slan. Yes. How's it going? Right Back from now? another day trip. I am. Uh, we heard you got to see Eastern State Penitentiary. We were just talking about that on this week's episode. Yeah, I wandered my way in. Yeah? Um, took a little tour around the cells. Did you learn anything historic or anything like that? Well, I did take the amazing tour. Yeah? It was narrated by director Steve Buscemi. <laughs> director Steve Buscemi? He's one of my favorite directors. <laughs> what is what, what movies do you like that he directed? I really like Trees Lounge. <laughs> 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 yeah. What's your what really speaks to you about that movie? Probably the underage sexual activity. Wow. That you're a you're a freaky guy, Slan. Freaky deaky. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, real unpleasant. But like yeah, yeah, very unpleasant. So we were just actually talking about uh the puzzlingly named episode Vendetta. That's mm. not that puzzlingly named. What's the vendetta? Vendetta is a blood feud between uh with family. Yeah, and who's the blood feud between? Mac. The guy who he just finds out exists in the context of this episode? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Cool. Isn't it? Isn't a vendetta when someone kills a member of your family and you go after them? I thought it was a graphic novel by famed comics writer Alan Moore. Famed asshole Alan <laughs> famed Moore. asshole. <laughs> he does have a very famous asshole. <laughs> writer of Swamp Thing? Yeah. Swamp Thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually about his asshole. <laughs> And the pornographic work, Lost Girls. I have not seen that one. This is a true story. One time I was in Barnes & Noble in Philadelphia on Rittenhouse Square. One time? Aside from this time? This vacation? Yep. Okay. <laughs> and a guy came in and he had a goatee and like one of those artist berets. Ugh. Neckbeard? Yeah, yeah, neckbeard. <laughs> 
and he was dressed in like black leather. He looked like Dalman Roth. Ooh. <laughs> and he said, hello, I'm looking for the book Lost Girls by Alan Moore. And I was like, that doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> Wait, he asked you for it or you just oh, overheard no, him asking I just for overheard it? it. I was uh, looking under around. the desk. <laughs> Hiding you, under you were the reading desk? Lost Girls Jay Owen. I was reading the copy of Lost Girls under the under the counter. Oh boy. Mm. So Slam, we need to talk more about Highlander. Yes. I think because we've been we've been getting away from that quite a bit, and already now we're threatening. To <laughs> yeah, way far. <laughs> okay, so I we haven't actually talked about your the only time you were in the episode, the, the very, very first, the very episode. first episode. So you should tell the us pilot. about yeah the pilot. Like how how did your your character come about? Did you have anything to say regarding like your character input? Anything like that? Well, I said all my lines that were written in this script. Okay. I said all of those. That's and pretty in normal. a very different voice than you're using right now. That's I have true. to say, can you really like turn it on? Yes, well, I'm an actor. Um, I can. Uh, I am too. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, are you? <laughs> yeah. What's some things that you've been in? Uh, there's just a lot of like indie things you would probably wouldn't have heard of them. It's okay. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so what, what, how did the character come about? Did it always? Did he? Did Slam the Cat always wear a mask? No. Okay. Not always. How did that come to the table? Well, my my actual face is uh, it wouldn't really work in the context of the show. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. So they put a mask over it. Oh, that's weird. Mm-hmm. That that makes it work a little more. Okay. Can we can we get like a little sample of like you turning it on? Can you like get a little bit into character? Well, I can try. <laughs> we haven't been properly introduced. But you'll get to know me, my dear. And there we go. Wow, that's, wow. Not bad. that's <laughs> like you really do turn it on. Yeah, that is some impressive shit. That's like a 180. I'm like shocked that they didn't have you do other characters. Or is that the only voice you can do? That's the only one. Oh, really? Okay. One and done. One and done, baby. Yeah. That is great. What was it like working with uh, Adrian Paul? We talked about Christopher Lambert before, but obviously he's not the main guy on on the series. That's true. Adrian was a consummate professional, and I like to bet his uh, ponytail around. (laughs) What? Yeah. You just just play games on the set and... Yeah, just when he was sitting in a chair and he was like hanging hanging down a little bit, I just walked by and kind of batted around and tried to... Get it in my my little claws. What so are you talking about, man? <laughs> what, what, what would Adrian Paul say about this? Uh, he would like tell me to stop and kind of bat me away. He'd roll up his magazine and just start <laughs> batting at me, and then I'd like claw at the magazine a little bit. Wow, this is kind of a contentious relationship. Are things I'd, like tense between you? Yeah, uh, a little bit. He'd also sneeze a lot around me. That's so weird. Yeah, it's really weird. Do you wear like a weird, a certain kind of cologne or anything like that? No. No. <laughs> oh, okay. That's strange. Maybe no. you do, and or deodorant. Maybe you're not aware of whatever you're wearing. Not aware deodorant. 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 De- de- uh, deodorant. Deter- <laughs> detergent. I think just my musk. Oh, that's mm. strange too. Yeah, yeah, super strange, huh? I mean, I I'd wash myself plenty on set. On set. On set. Yeah. <laughs> While you were there. Yeah, just take a couple minutes, clean myself up a little bit. Okay, okay, that's fair. I'd imagine there's like some physical work being done on set, so like you gotta keep it fresh. Yeah, work up a sweat. So, what was like the hardest stunt you had to do? That's a good question, Kyle. Probably holding a live saw next to Alexander uh, Vandernoot's face. Really? Oh yeah, that must have been that must have been scary. Because if you slipped, rearrange your face. Slice your face off. Yeah, that's right. Yowza. Then she'd have to wear the mask. Know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Yeah. I guess. Can you explain it to me? Yeah, cut her face off and it would be disfigured and then out of 
shame she'd hide it. Oh. With a mask. Oh, like the man in the iron mask. Or the phantom of the opera. That's more apropos. Mm. Are there other so great mask-wearing characters that you appreciate? Jim Carrey's the mask. That, well, he's the the mask, so he's Somebody number one. Stop me! Right. You've got weird tastes, Lan. Like you're yeah. all over the place. <laughs> you're really all over the map. I think like you and Eamon would have a lot to yeah, talk you about. Probably, you he, probably has a lot of like thoughts on Alan Moore. Yeah, Who? Eamon, do you have any thoughts on Alan Moore? What? Do you have any thoughts on Alan Moore? Who's that? Uh, the comic writer, the uh, League of Extraordinary he, Gentlemen, Watchmen. Watchmen uh, wrote a comic about his asshole called it Swamp. Oh, thing. Swamp Thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I know him. Porn oh, comic. Okay. Do you have any questions? Oh, for I love Slam? that porn comic. Yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're so, both, you and Slan definitely have things in common because you're both weirding me out. <laughs> so we're about to uh, get some dinner here in the studio. Slan, do you have? Uh, do, do you do anything fun in the city uh, for dinner this this past week? Well, a lot enjoy, of good, a lot of good restaurants and stuff. I enjoy feasts. Feasts, yeah. The fancier, the better. Really, oh, I, okay. I like good restaurants too. What yeah. kind of restaurants have you gone to? Restaurant? I just eat kind of whatever's set out. All right, leftovers. I get it. All right, yeah. Living cheap. Yeah, well, we all do what we got to do. We've yeah. all been there. Yeah. Do you cook for yourself? I mean, how's this? No, this usually is that fancy. The feasts are prepared for me. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I mean, you are a famous actor, so that's that right. helps. Mm-hmm. You know, you had a nice illustrious career on Highlander as the. The craft service <laughs> person, <laughs> right? That's right? Yeah, did you learn a lot about the food doing the craft so service? So much. What have you learned about food? Tell us about Perfect what... way to set out Oreos. Oh, how's oh, that? Who are the Oreos for? Uh, the cast. Not All of them liked? They're not All good for me. Every single person. I, uh-huh. I'm surprised they let you eat Oreos on set just because they make your teeth really black. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Ooh, they might be those gross vanilla ones. Oh, I love the vanilla ones. They're just inferior. No, they're delicious, and they don't make your teeth black. That's why they're great. Oh, that's why they're great. Okay. They taste good, too. I, I also love the lemon. like the Oreo ones. The Oreo ones? The vanilla ones. Jesus. Uh. Dude, you need to get it together. <laughs> I like the lemon it. ones, too. Have you had the lemon ones? No. Oh. What's what's the not Oreo brand? That people Hydrox? Think is Hydrox. Hydrox. But people think is a knockoff Oreo, but Oreos... They're the, the original They're ones. the OG. I just found that out. Yeah. The, they make lemon ones, too. Oh, they're good. You guys talk about snacks a lot. We do. We drink and eat snacks. That's what we do. We drink That's That was a line that we learned snacks. that was not supposed to be said in Highlander. It's what we do. It's what we do. We're it's gonna, who we are. It's what we are. Slan. It, yes. It's been a pleasure talking with you again. Likewise. Yeah. Hmm. Any any plans? I feel like it's, it might be a little bit before we talk again. Uh, I might, you know, clean myself. You look okay, clean yourself. You, I mean, you do they look clean. really nice. Like, I guess you manage Luxurious, your, even. Yeah. Thank you. You must spend a lot of time. I mean, I don't spend that much time taking care of myself. I spend tell. a lot of yeah. time on my coat. Duh. In your what? On my coat. On your coat? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Its coat looks nice, I guess. Yeah. yeah. My coat's dry clean only, so. So it never gets clean. So it never gets clean. Exactly. Yeah, I'm there. <laughs> I'm there right, I'm right there with you. All right. Well, thanks for the fashion tips, Slan. You're welcome. Uh, I hope you get to try some of the Philadelphia restaurants. There's a lot of good ones. I look forward and to it. And I hope we nice get to talk. Feast. Yeah, <laughs> Beach Feast. This yeah. will be a treat. All right. Thanks, Slan. We'll see you next week. So we're back at Lang's house. Mac takes a peppermint candy. And Mac says he needs to clear up the past with Sid. Peggy's like, ah, forget it. It's all in the past. So Sid took decades to become a respectable businessman. So what does Sid do? Who knows? He's in um, Futures. He's in Futures? Yeah, okay. She says Mac looks exactly the same. And then Mac is like, you still look beautiful. He's like, real beauty never fades. He kisses her on the hand. Milady. And then she comes in her pants. <laughs> she, she is like... <gasps> 
When he kisses her, she comes hard. You're talking about cream jeans. That's right. <laughs> wow. This episode has had a real effect on us, guys. Real beauty never fades, Peggy. <gasps> Impossibility. <laughs> so, Mac asks where to find her husband. Now we cut Does back she to- make that face because she's like... It's the same way he kisses her hand when they meet. Absolutely, oh, yeah. Girl. I think it. I think it's like a weird like this is why does taking he her show back. his hand? This is just like studies in light. Why tell her with the old lady? I think he still got the hots because <laughs> real beauty never fades. He Are, never knew her. Like no, no. They had one dance together, and she was dancing with him to make the other guy jealous. Presumably, yeah. Nothing there. Move on, Mac. Yeah. Get back to Anne. Yeah, another reason Anne should leave Mac. Mac's busy with 75-year-old women right now. He's like, yeah. oh, you're looking pretty good. Real beauty doesn't fade. It's like, no, go back I mean, to Anne. He, te- he texts her at 7.30. You up? You She's up. like, no. <laughs> I ate dinner at 4. I'm going to bed. <laughs> All right, so we're at the Coconut Lounge. I think the set dressing's cool. It's all, like, dilapidated. Yeah. We haven't seen this sort of thing too much in the show where they use, like, a location twice. We've seen it a little bit. Like, like the, a past and present version of it? We saw, present. like, the, uh, what is it, the, like, the mental asylum in Turnabout? Yeah. But that place looked like shit regardless. Like, yeah, it always they, they like, put a sepia filter on that to make it not look like shit. This place, like, looked really nice, and they, like, went out of their way to make it look really terrible mm-hmm. in yeah. the future, which I thought was pretty cool. Anyway, Sid's talking about how he's done great things for this country. Again, what the fuck does Sid do? Who yeah. knows? He's a defense contractor. But he's got Benny all tied up. Yeah. And then and he, he shoots kills him. him. Yeah, he yeah. kills him. And then Max shows up. And he's like, any last words? Nothing's all cliche. Yeah. And then he starts blasting at Mac. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Mac karate kicks some people. He dives behind a wall. And he's, like, doing the classic, like, talking to the bad guy while hiding. And the bad guy's telling him, like, his whole scheme. Let me tell you everything that happened. Little does he know. He then confesses to, like, setting up the entire thing. Right. He's like, Duncan and Joey killed each other, and that's how it's going to stay. Yeah, he confesses. Then Peggy's there. Peggy's heard the whole thing. And she's pissed because yeah. Joey well, she, was apparently the love of her life. This I have notes on this. It's like, she, he was everything. It's like, Joey seemed awful. Yeah. All the time. Yeah, he was, like, cheating on you. And, like, yeah. granted, you should still be upset that this guy killed him and is obviously a liar and, like, your entire relationship is built on a foundation of lies. That's not to say you shouldn't be upset with this guy. Right. Yeah. But it's like, he was my everything. It's like, really? Is this another abused woman that has bounced around from, like, terrible relationship to terrible relationship? Well, and she is- also had eyes for Duncan, so the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then they have an old person playing <laughs> Yeah, like they kind of like flail at each other a little bit. It's pretty good. (laughs) Then she flails some bullets at him. Well, yeah, so she gets knocked to the ground. Then he's about to shoot Mac. Bam! It's not Lang shooting. It's Peggy shooting Lang. Uh Mm Uh-oh. What a twist. What a twist. So then we get the fucking mess again. What does Mac do? He just wipes the gun off. Yeah, she's like, like, what are we going to do? And he's like, cover up a murder. Yeah. God damn it, Mac. Let's go home. But he just, like, wipes the gun off. I'm like, isn't there more stuff you have to take care of? Well, they leave. Benny is tied up in a chair shot. <laughs> so Benny will wake up, still I be tied up, think won't be able that. to escape. Yeah. I don't know when the police are ever going to show up to this scene. Never. Also, Mac did not kill the goons, so the goons will also wake up. So I don't know what's going to happen to this whole fucking place. But at some point, if Benny does escape, the police show up and are like, you have a blood like all over you what happened uh nothing like i don't know <laughs> whose blood is this did you shoot anybody this is crazy i slipped uh <laughs> so did he he's a real schmengy <laughs> real schmengy guy 
He fell, he fell down on some bullets. <laughs> so the denouement of this episode. They cut to the loft. Mac puts on the night and day record, wrapping this thing up. They don't uh, make dames like that anymore. They right. never did. She was one of a kind, even though you barely knew her. So Mac gives Benny a ticket to Chicago, and it's a bus ticket. Nice. <laughs> Just Take that funny. Greyhound. Yeah. And Benny's like, I'll die. Which you won't. So Mac also gives him a roll of quarters for yeah. food, like snack machines along the way, which is pretty funny. And then he kicks Benny out. And he's like, you go. And Mac sits in the chair. And that's the end. I want to point something out. Hasta la vista. Yes, he, he does say that. Bon voyage, hasta la vista. I opened this episode with saying I kind of like this episode. Talking about this episode, I'm also slowly re- realizing how little er, there is in this episode. It's really just Benny doing his shtick. Yeah. Because we flew through the plot. 100% of it is just Benny shticking. So that is the entire I clearly thing. was riding high on the Benny wave because I'm f- having like second Richie thoughts Ryan. about that. Yeah, you're I'm like, having. I, you're, I am. You're oh. doing those push ups and you're like, this guy's full this of shit. This guy is full of shit. So I'm feeling that now. Just to reference my old notes when I was riding high, it says, and this was solid exclamation point. <laughs> <noise." laughs> I was in such a good mood Were you watching high these. when you did this? I was just in a great mood watching these episodes. Oh, yeah. Man, well, Take joy in your work. You fuck. So let's talk about this episode, guys. I have some thoughts. Oh yeah, God, is it that <laughs> well, it was solid? Yeah. Solid. This is solid. <laughs> solid. Well, Kyle, you you brought this up earlier. I guess that the entire scheme seems implausible. This whole premise seems implausible. It's the it's stupid. Based on the fact that how would Duncan's grandson know about this in any way? Yes. We're like, pos- let's say all this is true, and Duncan did have a grandson, I guess. So that posits a world in which, in the very narrow window mm-hmm. between meeting Peggy and being invited back to the club by Sid, Duncan informs someone that he's going to go do this. <laughs> and he either informs his own child or informs someone who informs his child. Then but it's his he grandson. Gets- yeah, oh, yeah, and then his own that son. Right, right, right. Because his grandson wouldn't be born yet. Yeah, exactly. He would not have an existing grandson in the 30s. That Correct. would make no sense. Correct. Especially when you see Duncan and he's not an 80-year-old man. And then someone informed that grandson. <laughs> and that grandson is going around claiming this story somehow. Like it's really important to him to be yapping his mouth about yeah. this. And like not also, to a newspaper, just to people on the yeah. street. People on the street. So somebody that is the that is the theory here. Also, there is no indication that anybody anybody knew that Lang set up this like double murder thing. There's no implication that anyone knew that. Only the original original in quotes shot Duncan McLeod would have any idea of this. Also, even if grandson McLeod is spreading this story, this rumor, how is this proven at all? Like, there's no way to prove this. Yeah, unless of course you get caught committing a double homicide as a rich philanthropist. Yeah. (laughs) Also, why does this rich philanthropist have goons? Why does he still have goons? Yeah, what is he up to? How does he know these hitmen? Are these goons new? Are these like new goons only for this mission? Like, I gotta clean up. Are my they past. legacy goons? <laughs> legacy <laughs> goons. Yeah, what does this guy I've do? Fathered these goons in. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny if you just had an entire squad of old hitmen. Yeah, that Max still beats the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, of course he does. So yeah, the entire 
premise behind this is completely implausible. And I guess unless it's just the general information that this guy, this philanthropist Sid, is a former gangster, which again, though, why would Duncan McLeod have any unique insight into this fact that also, couldn't what is be he... uncovered by anyone else? And what does he care if he's going to die in three months? Because you're defending your legacy He's defending his legacy. It's all stupid. I it's, think it's the short answer. It yeah. just all makes no sense. Yeah. And we get some nice window dressing in the form of Anne, like, revealing herself to be, like, super pathetic. So... <laughs> <laughs> No, it's like her leaving was like the most sane thing any character has done in the entirety of Highlander. Mm -hmm. It's like, get the fuck out. And then she comes back with no reason, no motivation, is immediately put in harm's way, is immediately lied to, and she's just back. She's just Yeah, nothing happened. What happens with Anne? Enabling Duncan to continue to be she gets what goes on in this episode with Anne? like what's her role in the story she shows back up okay she gets him into this stupid black tie affair with this guy and then she gets shot at and she gets fucked then she gets (laughs) shot at oh my god maybe she was horny that's true let's not discount that hmm (laughs) this is entire thing's absurd (laughs) it's just really upsetting on a lot of different levels yeah. All right. Well, let's talk. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. That's that's definitely true. All right. So this episode gave me some thoughts on some things. It's been a little while since we've had a story without an immortal, right? Uh, but this is a story with an immortal. Right? Yeah, but with no like sword fight. There's like there's no bad, right? I don't know. I'm then trying. He's to think. a bad immortal. No, he's not an evil immortal. He's just a goof. A he's goof. a loser. He's a, he's a loser. He's like shitty though. He clubs Mac in the head and yeah. throws. It gets him thrown in the river. But cartoonishly, so it's okay. Yes, yeah, okay. <laughs> But there's like a it's banana for, peel sound laughs, when he does so it. Okay. So. I feel so weird that I like this episode. I do like this episode in a weird way. I kind of like Benny. You just like Benny. I think I just like Benny. I, I like, don't like Benny. I don't like you his... just like, like Mama Luigi. Mama Luigi. Mama Luigi. Well, if I had watched Mama Luigi before this, We should have just watched Mama Luigi. Yeah. Well, you know what we're doing as soon as we wrap here? Jerking off. <laughs> <laughs> Jerking off, then watching Mama <laughs> Luigi. Well, I, I don't know if I have much else to say about this episode. Not much, there's so little to say about this episode. Like, half of the Benny's... entire thing is a performance piece between yeah. Benny and that trombone player. So, <laughs> all right, how about we how about we do the the Watcher Chronicles here oh, for yeah. Benny? All right, let's do that. This is some content. This is some sweet stretch. Sweet stretch this taffy content. Yeah. All right, known alias is Benny the Bookie. All right, Benny the Bookie. Uh, born in 1895 in Chicago. First death, 1922. A cheated mobster, Big South Fontana in a... Oh, he cheated mobster, Big South Fontana in a craps game. So he's always been a cheat. First teacher was Maurice DeYoung. Maybe Dennis DeYoung's uh, brother. Teach him how to do. Uh, Distinguishing characteristic, loudest tie in the room. Cultural affiliation, America. American. He's got these jokes, man. Occupation, hustler. His watcher is Danny Wago. (laughs) Danny (laughs) Wago. You're kidding. God damn it. Go on. It's not Buster Cribs. <laughs> Buster Cribs. All right. Film star. <laughs> All right. So here's his chronicle. It's amazing to me that nobody's managed to whack Benny Carbasa yet. I mean, the guy's just asking for it. He's annoying as hell and constantly getting what few buddies he has left suckered into some scheme that always goes south. And the lousiness of his sword work is only surpassed by his taste in clothes. Wow. Some immortal should just do Benny a favor and whack him. Jesus Christ. Jesus. Uh, This guy's a cartoon. He crossed the wrong person, pisses off the wrong mob boss, shorts the wrong bookie, and bang, dead again. And then he starts over like nothing ever happened. Benny Carbasa, human video game. Doesn't this guy get... Human video game. (laughs) 
This Watcher Chronicle might be the best part of this episode. Doesn't this guy get what a loser he is? <laughs> this is nuts. This person is so mean. I mean, like, Benny's not the greatest guy, but I think, Thanks, he's, Wago. I think he's supposed to be, like, semi-likable. Yeah. Semi. I like the human video game. Which video game? Pac-Man? Yoshi's World. Or Mario World. <laughs> Yoshi, it's Yoshi Cookie. <laughs> Yoshi Cookie. <laughs> Yoshi Cookie. All right, guys. How about we play a little game? It's game time. This ain't no game. All right. So we're going to play a little IMDb keyword. this time? No. No, it ain't no game. Ain't no game. All right, we're going to play a little IMDb keyword. Is that Mario Brothers? That is one of the taglines of that movie. Yes. It's also one of the many movies that have that tagline. This ain't no game. They just posed the question, is this a game? No. No, it's not a game. <laughs> Space Jam? This ain't no game. Reindeer Games? I don't know if any of these movies have that tagline, but it the fits. The game? The game? This ain't no game. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> this ain't no game. The game. <laughs> All right, so IMDb keyword, the way this game is played is I am going to be reading IMDb keywords from the least relevant to the most relevant. There's seven in each. Uh, so if you guess the title of this episode based on the seventh mo- most relevant word, you get seven points. It's a mm. lot. Uh, so this game is usually pretty difficult. So here we go. Jealous husband. Obsession. M- mentor student relationship. Samurai. Yes. Damn. Oh, because he was really a fake husband. In obsession. God, you got six points. This, Damn. This, you, you might carry the whole game based on that. I'm good. Here we go. 19th century. Mexico. Revolutionary. Six points. Damn it. Oh, by the way, the other keywords in the samurai were shogun, husband, wife relationship, <laughs> marital abuse, Edo period, and cheating wife. Is the number Ado. one. Oh. Uh, and the revolutionary was fanatic, gladiator, 1860s, Franco-Mexican War, and Spartacus. He's a law Spartacus was the number one clue. Spart- that thing he mentions offhandedly in the flashback. I am Spartacus. All right. Finally. <laughs> Sean Connery. I am Spartacus. <laughs> this one is pretty difficult. Get ready. Year 1905. Mm. Protection racket. Black hand. 1900s. Oh, shit. This is... New York City. Revenge of the Sword. Yes. Damn it. It took me a while to come up with the name of that one. Oh. You got a total of 15 points. Amen. Let me do the math here. Zero. Oh, thanks for doing that math, Keith. <laughs> yep, no problem. Well, that was fun, huh? Kyle got them all. Is that oh, it? there's only three? Yeah, sorry. Do you oh, want, cool. Do you, do you want to play more? I mean, is there more? No. <laughs> all right, then. <laughs> so wow. if you wanted to. I lost the shit out of that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well, well. about as hard as you could. And that's IMDb Keyword. Well, this is pretty exciting. Let's let's end on a positive after this kind of clunker of an episode. Oh, it's a clunker now? I guess so. It's a clunker now? I don't. All right, hold on. What do you you guys think of the audience? I'd be interested to hear. uh, Of the audience? What do you guys think of the episode? (laughs) I'll tell you what I think of the audience. (laughs) I'd be curious to think if you guys think this is a clunker or if this is a good one. I'm, I have really mixed feelings now. Like, after talking about it, it doesn't seem good. Because it wasn't good. But I remember even watching this. The special features are also laced with people being like, yeah, this was, we went a little too far. Like, it's too cartoony. This was a slog for me to watch. I took, like, 45 breaks when I was wow. watching this episode. While I was watching, like, like, while I was watching like Bill Panzer go on about, like, we went too far, I was like, really? 
this is pretty good. Like, I was in such a good mood watching this for whatever reason. I may have drank a lot, Mm. and I was in a mood. But I don't know. I had a fun time watching this for some weird reason. Could you just have bad taste? I might have bad taste. That's what it is. <laughs> that could be it. Uh, All right, I cool. don't know what I'm talking about. That would, <laughs> that would explain this Clancy's. You love Kobasa and... Oh, you uh, didn't like the Clancy's. They were... I kind of like the They grew on me. They're not my favorites. Would I buy them again? No. No. Would I eat them again? Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Clancy's. All right. So let's rate this. How many bright red suits would you give this episode, Kyle? Uh, This gets two bright red suits. I kind of enjoyed Kilbasa. He's like kind of fun. It gets like a whole point for the trombone music. (laughs) (laughs) This is the first time I think we've like legitimately loved the music. We're always like, it's always like kind of innocuous. And then we point out uh, when it's terrible. I'm not sure I loved this music. Oh, okay. But it was like a character. Yeah. It was memorable. So here we are. Born to be kings. <laughs> Eamon, how many glasses of milk served in a bar would you give this? I mean, I think I have to answer two. Why do you have to answer two? Because that's how many Benny got. Okay. Why, do, why does Benny I order milk? Why follower. does Benny order milk? Because We haven't discussed this. Funny. Is that funny? Yeah, I mean, in the flashback, we see him order like a hundred highballs, and now he's milk in a bar. Straight is funny. I mean, I guess because he's got to keep sharp. Because do you think there was dialogue about him going like getting his life together or something? He's like, I don't drink any. I don't know. Is this all a joke? A scheme too? He joined AA. I don't know. I guess I could see the actor just trying to like inject every bit of this with funny and be like, oh, this is good. Make a rock joke. I drink the milk. Maybe he's actually just drinking a white Russian. Guess a big one. Yeah, big one that's extremely white. It's very milky. <laughs> a virgin white Russian. <laughs> it's just a glass of milk. milk. Keith, how many impl- implausible cement shoe plots would you give it? It's got to be two. Yeah, this is it a solid has to be two. two. I don't want my time back that I watched this episode, though. No, I had fun watching okay. it, but never again. Not because it's good. <laughs> Not because it's good. It, you, there's fun to be had here, but it's a solid miss. Yeah. yeah. This is such a solid miss. <laughs> Solidly missed. All right, so point. let's let's end on a high note here. Guys, this is our halfway point. We are halfway done season three. That's pretty Ooh. amazing. It's, I'm, surpri- I'm surprised. <laughs> this is like, this, this season's moving right along. And moving now we're right really along. getting into some exciting stuff in the second half. Yeah. The callus. Yeah, it's about to get saga. real good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so join us uh, this week for our mini episode. We're going to be doing a little quickening recount. Recount? Countdown? Nope. I demand a recount. <laughs> yeah. I demand a quickening recount. Quickening count. That's what we're going to do. Quickening tally. Tally. We're going to be talking stats, and we're going to be talking what the uh, first half was like. So join us uh, this week for a little mini episode. And then join us next week for episode 12. They also serve. No, they also serve, which is a great episode. (laughs) Mm. Very exciting. Good stuff. Thanks for listening. I've been one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. See ya. Also, I have a note to really get into this alley shit. I was like, does that alley door even have a doorknob? I feel like most alley doors don't, just as a Certainly point of view. not the, a knob, maybe a handle. I don't even think kind. it would have a handle. I think it locks from the inside. Well, this is pure conjecture on your part. Absolutely it is, but... Mm-hmm. This, is your, this is your doorway fan <laughs> I try to imagine what all the doorways look like, what kind of locking mechanisms are on there, handle types. The, the door's keyhole was glistening wet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry, are we not talking about that kind of fanfic? (laughs) Mac inserted the key. All right. (laughs) The oiled gears accepted (laughs) readily.
Just the right fit, Matt said, as he jiggled the key around. 